do our physical exercise so we can get our spiritual stuff. It is always an honor. Thank you for honoring us and remembering. And uh, 1979, I was blessed in December to be on staff at the church. And uh, what a joy that was to work with the junior high group, the youth group, and all the above at that time. But it's an honor to be with you. It's an honor to stand before you and to bring you the Word of God. And, and I don't do this lightly. I want you to, to recognize that in the past few years that I have really, really dug into the Word of God and really have understood um, the reality of what God is doing in you as a church body. This series is about everyday encounters Jesus had with people. And I want you to encounter Jesus today. See, when, when I'm talking about people in the Bible, we're going to learn from them, learn who God is. And that way we can have a correct concept of God. But I want you to recognize that God's encountering you today. He's speaking to you. He's stretching you. He's molding and shaping you. He's, he's breaking through the, the stuff of life, and he's, he's wanting this true freedom and this reality is that you are forgiven. You are absolutely sons and daughters of God. You are so important to the kingdom of God. And so I want you to, to understand that Jesus Christ is so real. And when we, we talk about God, we are talking about God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're talking about Father, we're talking about Jesus and we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And so let's allow ourselves to gather our minds with all the enjoyable things that we've done from worship. By the way, I am really enjoying worship, really enjoying what God is doing. I'm really enjoying prayer um, that is manifesting, and we're going to be announcing some newer things regarding prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're doing in the body of Christ around the world. Thank you for sister that has come out of here and we have blessed her and through the giving that we have given, churches have been founded. Valley Community Church, you have a DNA, you have a call to reach out into the world and touch lives. And I thank you, Lord, for each individual that's here and those that will come Thank you, Lord, for Christina and what she is doing and all the teachers and leaders in our children's ministry, our youth ministry. Blessings upon blessings upon them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you as you are seated. And men, don't forget, sign up for the men's retreat. Uh, the deadline's coming quickly, and you need to sign up as quick as possible. We know Jesus is God. And because we know Jesus is God, let me remind you of that. In John chapter 1, verse 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without Jesus, nothing was made that was made. And the Word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace 
and truth. Everyone say grace and say truth. Let's say it again, grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. When you seek God, you will find grace and you will find truth. So turn your books, uh, your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 8. iPads, iPhones, smartphones, whatever, dumb phones, it doesn't matter. Just turn them and to Mark chapter 8, and we're going to look at a personal encounter that changed a man. This man was blind, and in this encounter, what we're going to learn, because it's talking about healing, and that is so huge in my heart, we're going to take two Sundays on this story. And, and I want you to understand that this is going to change you literally today. Through these stories, we see God and in answer who he is and how he responds to us. We must go in the Bible to find out the character of God, not by our experiences. Our experiences will prove what truth says. And so these stories change our concept of God and of who God is, then we know with confidence, listen very closely, who we are. Again, here's the statement I have been browbeating you with. God is more concerned about what you're becoming than what you're doing. Because he knows when you become who you were created to be, then all you're doing will be done in righteousness. And when they'll be done in righteousness, then they will produce good fruit. In Mark 8:22, this is a story of the blind man's healing. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. I'll talk about that next week. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and he said, the man said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. And I will tell you basically because Beth Bethsaida rejected Christ. And Bethsaida was cursed because of that rejection. And Jesus told the man, do not go back into that city. The man actually is not from Bethsaida. The man is actually from another town. And so we're, we're seeing that, that God has set some real spiritual institutes, I'm saying institutes, is because there are things that we can settle our hearts, that this is truth, and from that truth we can learn much from each one of those truths. So in today's teaching, basically, I'm going to have one point, and we're going to learn this one point throughout the next couple 
of sessions together. So did you know that there are five encounters in the New Testament where blind men are healed? Now, we believe that Jesus healed hundreds of blind people, hundreds of people that had problems with their eyes. Scripture uh, said each town he went into that the people brought the lame and the blind and he healed them all. So the Bible doesn't record every, everything about every person that was healed, but we must understand that many blind were healed. And this particular one, we're going to talk about it because there's some, something particular that took place. It's the only time that this happened, and we're going to find out why that happened. So Jesus had five personal encounters with blind people. One he spoke to, one he touched, one he cast a demon out of him, one he spit on the ground, dipped his fingers in it, made mud, and rubbed it on his eyes. And this encounter, Jesus spit in his eyes and laid hands on him. I know when you think of Jesus, you don't think of They asked him, Jesus, would you pray for him? And he spit in his eyes. By the way, this is hilarious. I went and looked in the Greek text and, and the tra- transliteration of the Greek word of spit is spelled P-T-U-O, P-T-U-O. And this is really deep. You know what that word P-T-U-O means? It means Spit. All right? So let's not get so overwhelmed about spit, but we need to recognize something was cleared up. So Jesus spit on the guy, and something happened that never happened before. In this story, Jesus laid his hands on the man twice. That's the only time that's ever happened. Jesus laid his hands on him and asked, what do you see? And the blind man answered, I see men like trees walking. Jesus then laid his hands on him again, and the blind man was restored physically. Now, I want to just spend a few moments of bringing correction. Some say this this analogy of this encounter, I totally disagree with this analogy that you can hear on the radio, on TV, and many people will teach this, that they say, even with Jesus, it doesn't always work the first time. Even with Jesus, that it's so bad, it's so hard, it's so difficult that even Jesus had to do it twice. Now, this is why I disagree with that statement or analogy Jesus is the one that said, let there be light, and the sun was created. Look what Isaiah says. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. He weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. 
People say today Jesus laid his hand on someone and it didn't work. That's ridiculous. He is a creator of the universe. So my conclusion is this. Whatever Jesus wanted in this story happened. Whatever he purposed to do with the blind man happened. So my question to you then is what happened here? What took place in the healing of the blind man? Now, where you're going to find the answer is in Scripture. So today I'm going to read you quite a bit of Scripture to prove to you the the point that I'm going to bring to you. It's in the Bible and the Holy Spirit knows. So I want to say to you, church family, when you get in the Word of God, just ask Him for revelation. Ask Him, what is He saying here? And let me just tell you what He's going to do. He's going to hide it from you. No, He's going to tell you. He's going to tell you. He's going to bring you revelation. And so Jesus put his hands on the blind man, and you need to know this truth. And here's the truth. Every person has two sets of eyes. You have a natural set of eyes, as you're looking at me right now, but you also have a spiritual set of eyes. Let me explain that. We're going to spend time with this in the healing of the blind man, and we're going to understand the full truth of what Jesus purposed to do. Jesus didn't make a mistake. Jesus wasn't weak. Jesus didn't have to do it twice because it was hard to heal this man. Nothing's hard for God. And we have to come to a place that whatever you're facing, whatever is going on in your life, nothing's too hard for God. And the answer is there, but we have to see the answer. And that's no pun intended. Jesus put his hands on him and asked, what do you see? And again, the answer is, I see men like trees walking. You see, trees in the Bible, in most scriptures, are talking about men. They're men. Trees in the Bible, when it is described, is talking about men. Jesus opened the blind man's, listen very closely, Jesus opened the blind man's spiritual eyes first. He did, did the spit do it? No. But he wanted us to understand that there's something in the process of walking in the power of the Holy Spirit that needs to take place in every one of our lives. Then Jesus put his hands on him again and opened or healed his physical, natural eyes. Stay in Mark, and I'm going to prove to you, I'm going to show you many scriptures that's talking about men, but describes them as trees. Psalm 1, 1 and 2. Blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Psalm 52 verse 8. But I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. Is that talking about a tree that hangs out in church? It's talking about people. 
Psalm 92, 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Jeremiah 17. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Isaiah 55, for you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Have you ever driven down the road and watched trees clapping their hands? No, it's talking about the redeemed of the Lord. That's what the scripture is talking about is that we are ones that are clapping before the Lord. We are the ones that are redeemed. Well, let's go to the New Testament for some who would say, well, that's just the Old Testament, and the Old Testament has passed away. That's not true. Matthew 7, verse 17 and 18. Jesus at the Sermon on the Mount. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. So Jesus is not literally talking about trees. He's talking about people. Verse 19, every tree person that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So it is literally talking about people. Now, let me me say it this way. If you get your heart changed, you will be like a tree that bears good fruit. That's what the scripture is saying. If you don't get your heart changed, no matter how good you try to be, you will bear bad fruit. In the Bible, trees represent people. Trees represent people. Let's read in Zechariah chapter 4. Look at this scripture. This is really interesting. Then I answered and said to him, what are these two olive trees? What are these two olive trees? At the right of the lampstand and at its left. And I further answered and said to him, what are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the two gold, gold pipes from which the golden oil drains? Then he answered me and said, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. So I said, these are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. Now, Zechariah is having a vision and is seeing in the spirit or seeing with his spiritual eyes. Seeing with his spiritual eyes. He says, what are these two olive trees that I'm seeing? Remember the blind man? What do you see? I see men walking or trees walking like men or men who look like trees walking Okay, you're seeing all the different scenario of what that scripture is saying. Now, he doesn't say what those two men are doing. And the the angel said, those are people. Okay, let me confirm it. Revelations chapter 11, verse 3 and 4. And I will give power to my two witnesses. And they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees 
and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. So Jesus opens the blind man's spiritual eyes first. Every one of us want to see and hear in the spirit. So when you read the Bible, it jumps out of you, to you in the spirit. What we must understand, the only uh, thing that changes your life is the word of God quickening your spirit. Scripture speaks of spiritual blindness. And you find in the world today, you find when you're witnessing to your family, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, and everybody you're around, is that they base their life, their decisions on what they are seeing physically. They base the decisions of who God is, the concept of God, what God will do based on what they've experienced, what they have seen in their life. Well, you know, some people say, well, I'm a little bit older and you know what I've seen in my life. Have they seen it in their spiritual eyes or have they seen it only in their physical eyes? And if we see only in our physical eyes what God is saying to us, then what we will experience is spiritual blindness. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says this, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You must know, every one of us were born into this world spiritually blind. We all have two sets of eyes and are blinded to the gospel. 1 John 2.11 says, but he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Let me just say it this way. If you hate someone, you are spiritually blind. You can pray all you want to pray. You can do all the good things you want to do. But if you hate someone, you are spiritually blind and you will not move into a process of total victory and, watch this, total healing in your life. Someone's got to say amen to that. Now let's look at this next scripture in Matthew 13, verse 14. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. It's stating that you will see and hear in the natural, but are blinded spiritually. Years ago, when I began reading this, and I began, you know, the prayer, and I would hear the teaching about, well, you know, some things are so tough and everything. Let me tell you, Tribulation can be really hard, but it's never too hard for God. 
The answer is already there. The power of God, the spiritual power of God is absolutely there for us to walk in and to have victory with. But listen very closely to what what I'm going to say here, and I'm going to really browbeat this the next, uh, next week. We need the power of God. We need it. And the only way to walk in the power of God, hear, hear my heart, hear what the Bible's saying, is that we need to become whole. And a lot of people, when they say to become whole, that I need to get healed physically, I need to see my healing physically. And what Scripture is telling me to be whole and allow the power of God to move in your love, power of the Spirit to move in you, we need to be whole spiritually and begin to see spiritually, not just physically. When we pray for, for healing, when we pray for things, sometimes, you know, the reality of, uh, of people coming down and being prayed for, and they're prayed for, and praise God, we have these elders that are awesome, and they quote Scripture and all the different things. The reason why they quote Scripture is you have to see spiritually. And a lot of times people are sick. People have major issues in their life because they do not see spiritually with their spiritual eyes. Now, watch the progression. I'm going to show you this, and that's why we're spending two days on this. Verse 15, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. So if they've grown dull, they used to be sharp, right? If something's grown dull, then before it used to be sharp. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. What is he talking about? Is he talking about the physical eyes, or is he talking about the spiritual eyes? He's talking about the spiritual eyes. Is that we see God. We see who he is. We see what he's saying. And we perceive that when he spit in the blind man's eyes and he says, I see what I see, it's what he opened was the man's spiritual eyes. And because that manifested, then boom, the power of God moved on the man and he was healed physically. Now, Hold on, let's go over this again. This is what Jesus said, and watch the progression. If you don't see spiritually, you will not be able to hear spiritually. If you cannot hear spiritually, then you cannot understand in your heart. And if you cannot understand with your heart, you cannot turn so that you can be healed. It's called faith. It's called walking in God's power. And so the reality of the healing of the blind man was God, and we're going to find this next week, was God Jesus, who is God, showing us what God wants to do in us and through us, 
because he absolutely overwhelmingly loves us. You are important to him. You are important to the kingdom of God. Your call, your anointing, what you are to do in the kingdom of God, it's not what you have time for, it's what you're called, and you do your calling, and from that calling, then you find time to do the other stuff. Amen? Amen. So, so in the reality, we want to be whole spiritually, whole emotionally, and whole physically. Laying on of hands, the greatest miracle is a healed heart. A healed heart is when you see and you hear in the Spirit. Church family, I want to tell you, I know I'm throwing a lot at you, but I've been preparing your heart for two and a half months in this series for the depth of what I'm teaching you right now. And I'm telling you, this is not too hard for you. I'm telling you, this is something that is so pure. And if you right now, because I'm throwing a lot of information at you, you get the CD, you go online after three o'clock this afternoon and you listen to this over and over. You look at the notes over and over until you get it and you say, God, let me see this. Let me see it with my spiritual eyes. Let me know what you're telling me. Because in many instances, we see only with our physical eyes and we make it spiritual. And it's not spiritual at all. And that's why scripture says that many hearts have grown, grown dull. They were sharp, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, but they've grown dull because life has dealt them what God says life will deal them. And I'll tell you what, and then we begin to learn. We begin to read those books Terry talked about that doesn't have scripture in it. We begin to listen to TV. We begin to listen to people. We go on blogs and we listen to people explaining away the power of God. And people have grown dull. And what has happened is you can tell them the truth and they look at you like, what? God loves you. What? God doesn't love me. If he loved me, he would have done, he would have protected this. He would have stopped that flood. He would have done all these different things. And it explains away the power of God that God's church has. Hmm. Every time you read scriptures, you should always say, God, I can't understand what you said, unless you help me. Please, in front of me, don't ever say, I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. Because what Scripture says, if you read the Bible and you don't understand it, hear what, hear what I'm saying, don't get offended with me. I'm being your pastor is you're telling me that you haven't asked God to show you. And you haven't asked God to open up your spiritual eyes to see what he's trying to say to you. 
so that you can hear what he's trying to say to you. And then from hearing, then you will have a healed heart. The Bible is a spiritual book written by a spiritual being, written to spiritual people. That's you. You are born again. Church, you are, if you're not here, if you're here and you're not born again, then today you can become born again. You can come down to the elders and receive the Lord, and they can talk to you about what that means. You have heard the gospel here all the time, but the reality is, is that we must understand that we are spiritual beings, and the way we see and the way we hear is in the spiritual. Yes, the Bible is literally a book. Yes, it's true, literally and historically, but God didn't write so we just understand with our minds. He writes it that we would understand with our hearts. When your heart understands, then you can turn and total healing manifests through walking in the power of God. Now I want to dive into this part, and then we're going to finish it next week. So here it is. We get spiritual revelation, and every time you get spiritual revelation, the Bible says you turn. Let me tell you what turning means. It means that you repent. Let me ask you this. What would you do or how would you react if Jesus himself walked in this aisle and stood in front of you? Many of you would fall flat on your face to worship him because he's God. So let me ask you, when you get spiritual revelation from Scripture or you read a book that has Scripture in it and gives you spiritual revelation, how can we not repent? It's not, I got, I know what God's saying, praise God, I'm so good. No. It's, wow. That is so much bigger than me. That's so much bigger than me. And when you get revelation of who God is, you get revelation of what the Word of God says to you. You get, you get an understanding of what God is saying to you. You need to fall on your face before God and thank him for that revelation and repent. And what repentance means is do a 180 and begin to turn around and do something new and different. Hmm. And you know what happens after that? The healing of the heart. So you read the word, then you see it in the spiritual and your heart understands, and you can turn, then your healing comes. You see it, you now hear it, revelation, then you turn, you change, then your healing comes. Has anyone like me have ever prayed for something and it didn't happen right away? Well, you know, Jesus, uh, it took him twice with a blind man, My question to you, did you only see it with your physical eyes? Ezekiel 12.2 says this. 
Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see but does not see, and ears to hear but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. This is not talking about church. This is talking about life. We dwell in a rebellious place that does not see with spiritual eyes, but they see only with the physical. You hear people all the time on TV and movies, you're hearing the doctrine of the world in every place you go. And, and when you hear it, you hear them always say, this is what the people want. No, no. Anything that I want is, is like a filthy rags. But what I desire is what God has and what God has done. And so when we begin to look in life and we begin to see the things and, and people stand up and tell you, well, you know, this is, this is right, this is right, this is good, this is good, this is bad. The reality is, what is God saying? The Bible talks about people have eyes but cannot see, ears but cannot hear. The bottom line, they're seeing, seeing in the spiritual and walking his power is what we're supposed to see, what we're supposed to hear. The bottom line, what Jesus is doing with the blind man is he's saying that you and I must recognize that every single day of our life, we need to ask God to open up our spiritual eyes to be able to see the truth. Let me just give you an illustration. Men, I'm talking to the guys right now. By the way, sign up for retreat. Have you ever looked in the refrigerator for something and you couldn't find it? Yeah, all right. And you ask your wife and she goes to the refrigerator and says, it's right here. She pulls it out. That ever happened? Yeah, okay. All right, church family, In the story of the blind man, it's right there in front of us, and we can't see it until someone points it out. Have you ever asked God to point it out to you? We have our natural eyes, but we need our spiritual eyes to point it out. And when our spiritual eyes point it out, then we hear correctly, and then faith arises. See, true faith arises by revelation of God's Word. Because there are many people that speak the Word, but they don't have true faith. True faith is when it's revealed and you see it, and you hear it, and it heals your heart. And when it heals your heart, then whatever's in the physical has no chance to stay there. Healing is available to a healed heart. Hallelujah, let me say it again. Healing is available to a healed heart. Amen. Let me say it another way. Healing is available to all.
But Jesus spat in the man's eyes so he, he could see the truth. And I'm praying as your pastor that when we talk about OSL, when we talk about getting in the Word of God, when we speak the Word, when Pastor Dan gets up and speaks the Word, when Pastor Terry, when Pastor Ryan, no, whoever is speaking the Word of God, is that we arise to ourselves and we come readied in our spirit to see clearly, God, show me what Pastor is saying. Show me the word that he has spoken that I may see clearly so that I can hear clearly and my heart is healed and when I walk out of this door, whatever I faced, he, whatever I face, healing arises. Relationships, physical body, emotional situation, arthritis in the name of Jesus must bow to the truth of God's word begin to see what Jesus did when he took stripes upon his back. Begin to see what Jesus did when, when word says that I sent my word to bring healing. The power of God. The anointing of God in your life. You have it all. Let me say it a different way. Everything that you need and more greater than you could ever ask or think, you already have. But how you allow that power to move, see spiritually, hear spiritually, and allow God to heal your heart. And from there, you will win every battle you face. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, I've kept you a little.